also the birds of the sky by seven, male and female, to keep offspring alive on the face of the earth. For after seven more days, I will send rain on the earth, forty days and forty nights, and I will blot out from the face of the land everything that I have made. And Noah did according to all the Lord had commanded him. Right. The impressive thing here is what bookends this section. Noah did according to all that God had commanded him. We just got those specifications, the details, and now we find out Noah did exactly what God said. That's exactly how we're supposed to obey. We obey God in everything he tells us. And Noah in his generation, in a wicked world, was able to be faithful to God and obey him, and of course that's presented as the way to salvation. God saved Noah because he was obedient. Um, he tells Noah and his family to get into the uh, ark. Notice again in verse 1, For you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. God is expressing pleasure that Noah was righteous and obedient in his time. God takes uh, uh, you know, notice of the fact that this is a very wicked environment, and yet Noah's faithful. And then how many animals get in the ark with him? A lot. A lot. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. But they make a distinction. Clean, clean, clean. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't, uh, I'm not really concerned about whether uh, this, uh, there's some, been some debate of whether or not there were seven clean animals or seven pairs. doesn't make a lot of difference. I think I might tend to think seven pairs, but, you know, I'm not really concerned about that. And, and two, a male and a female, of the unclean. Why so many more, anywhere you look at it, whether it's seven or fourteen total animals of the clean, that's a lot more than the two of the unclean. Why so many more clean than unclean? Sacrifices. Sacrifices. And food. food. Yeah. I think those two things would account for that. You need more. Uh, I mean, can you imagine? Uh, if you're going to sacrifice, <laughs> when you get off the ark, that makes that uh, you know, animal extinct right then and there. You know, so, uh, so God knew what he was doing. Obviously, he plans things out well. Okay, I have a question about sure. that. Um, I have heard that they didn't eat animals until after the flood. That's possible. But yeah. they did eat them after the flood, and that's they the question here. <laughs> okay. Well, by then they would, the other ones would have started having babies, and so then it would be okay. Right? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's... it's pretty, when, when, when he says that he's uh, given every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you, that's 9-3... At least the way that's recorded is right after they got off the ark. Okay, so you're saying even then the other ones wouldn't have multiplied, like... Yeah, I mean, this may have... They may have started... If, if they didn't eat the animals before, they may have started immediately afterward. Okay, that makes sense. See, I'm not sure we can prove they didn't eat animals before. Okay. I'm just not sure we have information that's definitive about that, so... Yes. We, we went to the Creation Museum a couple months back. Um, I've been three times, but uh, I thought it was really interesting because they have a very long section of Noah's art and then uh, about the flood and 
many interesting things that happen. They just explain it really well. And they have small diagrams and little videos and stuff. And I remember one video, was, you know, it talks about, we're all getting to it, but, you know, how it rains and the water comes up from the earth. And it, like, shows just everyone just outside, like, a regular day, and then you see, like, a huge wave. But, but I thought it was really interesting, like, all the things that they had. Cool. I've not been, so. So what determined clean or unclean? Well, you know, he hasn't told us yet. We received that information in Leviticus. Uh, as far as I know, it would be the same distinction. So a lot of things that we're really not told in Genesis, like sacrificing, period. We see Cain and Abel sacrificing, we don't see any instructions. I assume they had them, we're just not told them. I don't know that we need to know this yet. Uh, but, you know, they obviously knew which is which, and we know by the time we come to Leviticus. That's what I know to say about that. Abel offered by faith. So it has to be connected with God's revelation. God. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, we're just given the details God wants us to know. Not Certainly not everything he told them. And I don't think his point here would be the distinctions between the clean and unclean animals. His point is just get them on the boat for now. and Right. <laughs> right. It's not important for us to know which ones were clean and unclean here. That's right. And I don't know, you know, how broad the types of animals were. You know, I'm assuming they didn't take every little, uh, you know, different uh, nuance of dog, you know, chihuahuas and poodles and German shepherds and so forth. I'm guessing it may have just been dog, <laughs> you know, uh, and so forth and so on. And some of those things we don't have a way to know, but that might help. I mean... Apparently, studies have been done that it would not have been a big problem to get, you know, the number of animals on the ark that would have been required, assuming that we didn't take every narrow species. This is a note that the carrying capacity of the ark um, was about 522 standard railroad stock cars, each of which could hold 240 sheep. So if you take 188 cars, uh, 188 cars would be required really to slow. hold 45,000 sheep-sized animals, leaving three trains of 104 cars each for food, Noah's family, and range for the animals. Today, it's estimated that there are 17,600 species of animals, making 45,000 a likely approximation of the number Noah might, might have taken into the ark. Yeah. If they're sheep size. My information was 569 railroad boxcars, but who knows? <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. yeah, we're in the ballpark. There must be some variation in the size of railroad cars. <laughs> I don't guess I've ever been in one of them. So. Yeah, so I have plenty of room for what God's trying to do. Other comments and questions? Through 7-5. Yeah, I always remember that, you know, the, the drawings of it, you know, they're, 
they're all in the ark and their neighbors are standing around looking at them like, what are you doing? I guess God's not a last minute God. <laughs> the, the kids books usually start starting to rain as Noah's getting in. Really? Yeah. I had to realize that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a little anachronism. Do you have any thoughts about uh, dinosaurs at this time? You know, I don't know what to think about those. I mean, a lot of you know, creation scientists would say that maybe dinosaurs became extinct after the flood. You know, maybe there were climactic changes that would have made it difficult for them to live. That's reasonable to me. I don't, I mean, we, when it's all said and done, I don't think we've got evidence that can prove that one way or the other. Could be they became extinct before the flood. Uh, I do think we've, you know, historically proven there were dinosaurs. I don't think we ought to take the position there were not. Uh, you know, I mean, some people would, but I mean, dinosaurs, are, they're, they're there. And there's no problem with them being there. I mean, God never said that every animal he gave us was going to survive forever. I mean, there's plenty of things that have become extinct. Uh, so, you know, there were dinosaurs, but the question is when they died out before or after the flood. And uh, it does make some sense that maybe right after the flood, if the climate was different. But I don't know. Other thoughts? Well, the actual uh, story of the flood, I think we might as well just go ahead and read the whole thing. It's fairly easy to uh, understand. I won't have a whole lot to say about it, in fact. But uh, 6 to 24. Now Noah was 600 years old when the flood of water came upon the earth. Then Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him entered the ark because of the water of the flood. Of clean animals and animals that are not clean and birds and everything that creeps on the ground, there went into the ark to Noah by twos, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came about after the seven days that the water of the flood came upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the seventeenth day of the month, on the same day all the fountains of the great deep burst open, and the floodgates of the sky were opened, and the rain fell upon the earth for forty days and forty nights. On the very same day Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them, entered the ark. They and every beast after its kind and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth after its kind, and every bird after its kind, all sorts of birds. So they went into the ark to Noah, by twos of all flesh in which was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female of all flesh, entered as God had commanded him, and the Lord closed it behind him. Then the flood came upon the earth for forty days, and the water increased and lifted up the ark, so that it rose above the earth. And the water prevailed and increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. And the water prevailed more and more upon the earth, so that all the high mountains everywhere under the heavens were covered. The water prevailed fifteen cubits higher, and the mountains were covered, and all flesh that moved on the earth perished birds and cattle and beasts and every swarming thing that swarms upon the earth and all mankind. Of all that was on the dry land, all in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life died. 
Thus he blotted out every living thing that was upon the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, and they were blotted out from the earth. And only Noah was left, together with those that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days. Okay. So they come into the ark, and uh, the water comes. And you can see a number of time references. You had the reference in verse 4, after seven more days, I'll send the rain for 40 days and 40 nights. You have in verse 10, it came about after the seven days. I'm not sure if that's the same seven days or if that's an additional seven days. But either way, you have the rain coming in verse 12 and uh, also I think in uh, verse 17. Oh no, for, yeah, for 40 days. So you have 40 days of rain and, and the flood. Then in 24, it prevails for 150 days. Uh, and I think we're supposed to tack these on the end of each other. So we've been in the boat now at least 47 plus 150, at least 197 days. You know, they spend, actually in total, they spend more than a year on the zoo boat. And that probably would have been a little unpleasant maybe, but a whole lot more pleasant than the opposite uh, uh, situation. Uh, the rest of them certainly weren't, uh, weren't alive. Um, notice some, some other things here in verse 11. What do you notice? Very precise dating. 600, 600th year of Noah's life, second month, 17th day of the month. This is, this is not once upon a time. This is very specific. This is an exact date in history. Another thing you notice, I'm thinking about verses like 17, 18, 19, 20. What, do you, what, what verbs do, does he keep using over and over again? Prevailed. Prevailed and increased. And he's using that about what? The water. The water. Does that remind you of anything earlier? What else had prevailed and increased a lot? Wickedness. Wickedness. I think there's a parallel between the increase and the prevailingness of the wickedness in the early part of chapter 6 and how the waters increase and prevail. In other words, the universal destruction parallels the universal wickedness. The wickedness multiplied, now the waters multiply. Reap what you sow. And so when it's all said and done, what does the planet look like? Big blue ball with one little boat. Yeah. All covered with water. Does that remind you of anything? The beginning. Yeah. It's the way it was before God acted on the face of the earth to separate the waters from the dry land. So we're, we're, I said last week also, but we're in this phase of decreation. All right, comments and questions on chapter 7 of these things. You know, as I read that, that was, that was very sobering. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think that all mankind died. All animals died. Um, 
I think the source of the water also. This was not just a rain. That's true. Uh, in verse 11, the fountains of the great deep burst open. The floodgates of the sky were open. So this is this is a rain like we've never seen, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's coming up from the ground as well as down from the sky, which would have made it, you know, flood quick. A lot of water. <laughs> wow, can you imagine the weight of that water? Prevailing over the highest mountains. 15 cubits or you know, 22 feet over the highest mountains. Have you ever heard anyone mention, they say, you know, Mount Everest is 29,000 feet and you can't survive at that altitude. So how did they survive on those arms? Never heard anybody say that. I guess it was the oxygen masks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they just popped out. Yeah, they popped out. <laughs> they they put them out before the kid. Well, they were at sea level the entire time. <laughs> that was the craziest question. <laughs> one of the books, I don't know, it was Walter's book or somebody mentioned that. It said something about some change or whatever, I don't know, some crazy explanation, but the fact is they were always at sea level, so the air was always been the same. Yeah. So the air goes out with you then? Well, it didn't go underwater. If you think of the atmospheric barriers being solid, then the air pressure would increase as the water pushes it out. Yeah. So it would be dense enough to breathe. Maybe too dense. How do they breathe air that dense? <laughs> yeah. You know, some things are just uh, very ingenious. It's interesting people think about it. But obviously God's able to handle it. You know, whatever he chose to do. You know, uh, I mean, if God wanted to make it to where the waters, you know, covered these mountains 15 feet up or 25 feet above, and then went way up to cover Mount Everest, he could do that. You know? God can do, I mean, he, he made the water stand still as they went through the Red Sea, so he can do whatever he wants to. I was but. just going to say, we got to remember, this is a completely different world. I and mean, Peter says, you know, the world that then was perished, so it was a different world altogether, and, you know, with the water still being in the air from uh, Genesis 2 and all that, so it was a different world, so I guess it could have happened. You know, it could have survived at that altitude, maybe. Yeah. Different atmosphere. Yeah. Mount Everest might not have been there. Yeah. Uh, created after the flood. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's just a lot of things. We don't have a way to really know or understand how they worked. I mean, if God made the world, he can handle this. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I thought John's point about the... Uh, kind of fearfulness of the chapter is interesting. Would you think that God would really do something like this? I know, I, 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 we used to say in school, I don't maybe it was just my school, I don't know, but, but the kids would get together and they'd kind of say, well, none of us are going to do this assignment because the teacher can't flunk us all. You know, so we did, that was more our bluster. I don't know if we ever really did that. But we always operate under the principle, the teacher can't flunk us all. Well, I don't know whether the teacher could have flunked us all or not. But can, can God destroy us all? 
I mean, you know, sometimes people feel comfort in numbers. Well, surely God wouldn't destroy all those people. Well, he has. I mean, if he destroys all but eight, wow. Uh, it certainly shows that there isn't safety in numbers. Other thoughts? In verse 13, it says, on the very same day, um, they entered the ark, on the very same day as what? Well, I think probably as he mentions in verse 11. Like that day of his life? Yeah. So that was... Because it looks like it's the same day that the rain started. Yeah, and we know there were seven days, so maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe they all entered on the very same day. Maybe yeah. the animals went in first. Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the point. Maybe the point is they all entered the ark the very same day with each other. Maybe it took them seven days to enter the ark. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't have a good answer, obviously. You know, back back to the, the, the death situation. It shows you the seriousness of sin, too. And, you know, we're reminded of that throughout the Bible, but this is a really good one also. Did Noah have any other children that we know of? Not that I know of. Because, I, I mean, it says, you know, enter you and your sons, and everywhere else if they would have said, you know, Lamech, you and your sons, we've, we've got the name of one, but then there are all these others, but that wasn't the case with Noah. Yeah, I mean, verse verse 11, when he says, Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them. That's all we know about. Other thoughts? I was just going to wonder what happened to all the bodies. Yeah, I thought about that. Well, they were in the ark for a year, so there wouldn't have been much left. Yeah, yeah, by the time they had all that pressure and water, they would have decomposed. And, right. and the fishes would have had a nice meal. Maybe so. I don't know. The fish eat decomposing bodies? They might. Sharks probably would. I've heard that question asked, too. What about the fish? You know, it looks like they got a pass since the medium was water. Yes, that's what I'm assuming. Uh, I don't see any fish in the uh, in the ark. And I'm assuming that they, they survive. You know, later he talks about uh, you know, there, there were a few, he mentions that there were a few eight souls that were saved in the ark. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we always reference, you know, few that were, narrows the way and few that reach sure. behind it. So, so we make the point that there may only be eight people. <laughs> you have more than eight people in here right now. So, uh, you know, yeah. But it, it is sobering. And, I mean, you know, it does mean that we, we just can't think, well... You know, I'm, I'm doing fine because I'm doing as well as most people I know. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going along with the crowd, with the flow. Well, in a lot of things, that's okay. I mean, you know, you may not 
you may not have really understood the instructions, but you're in the line everybody else is, so it's probably where you need to be, you know, that kind of stuff. We're, we're big on, you know, okay, well, I just kind of watch and I'll do what everybody else does. You just can't do that in life. You know, in terms of our relationship with God, we do what everybody else does, we're not going to be where we want to be. And, you know, we might have to really be quite different than almost everybody. I think to have that concept may help us be a little more serious about finding out what we need to do and doing it even if other people aren't. It was several years ago that Tom Hamilton preached a lesson that he called, on average, you're going to hell. <laughs> I mean, if, if that's, that's where you are. Yeah, I like that. Wow. We, we don't want to be the average there. Other thoughts? Well, chapter 8, verses 1 to 5. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And God caused a wind to pass over the earth, and the water subsided. Also the fountains of the deep and the floodgates of the sky were closed, and the rain from the sky was restrained, and the water receded steadily from the earth, and at the end of one hundred and fifty days the water decreased. In the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark rested upon the mountains of Ararat. The water decreased steadily until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains became visible. Okay. Do you notice how the flood came very quickly, sort of abruptly, but it, the flood waters retreat slowly? You know, and that's what you see. God remembers Noah and all the animals. God causes the wind to pass over, and the water recedes. But it's not overnight. <coughs> how long does he mention here that the water recedes? Two and a half months? Uh, longer than that. 150 days. 150 days in verse 3. So it's additional to 150 days of water prevail. That's correct. We're going to see some symmetry in these numbers eventually. Uh, maybe not today, I don't know. But yes. So I think 150 days they prevail. Now in 150 days they're on the wane. Um, and the ark finally in the seventh month, on the 17th day, rested upon the mountains of Ararat, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but um, the name of Noah in 529 meant rest. So literally the ark Noahed on the mountains of Ararat. <laughs> kind of ironic. You know, one thing that I notice in this account, at least the way I read it. I don't know if you have the same impression. But you read, you know, six, seven, eight. It's a lot of repetition. It says a lot of things several times. I wonder if that wasn't by design. Because, I mean, you think about, really, the action has been quite fast-paced up till now in the book of Genesis overall. Been a lot of information in a fairly short space. But when, I, when I'm reading through 7 and 8 especially, I get the feeling that 
it, it's just not, the pace is slower. I wonder if that's not kind of recreating the monotonous atmosphere of all this. Can you imagine, day after day, you know, what's the weather like? You know, it's really flooded outside, you know. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of slow and, uh, and monotonous, just what happens here. This was not a quick uh, transformation of the earth. This was a year-long process. All right, comments or questions on 1 to 5? Lloyd had some pictures of the mountains in that area. I meant to bring that, because oh. Mount Ararat was much, much higher than any of the other mountains around. Yeah. Abel or Herman or Sinai, any of them, much higher. And again, you know, God's in control of that. You think about uh, the water coming down and a boat hitting on a mountain, for one thing. Right. <laughs> and not tipping over right. or whatever. So <laughs> yeah, preparing a place for it to rest. Yes. And a place that they could get down from once they opened the ark. <laughs> Lots of things to think about. <laughs> They open it up and, whoops, they're up on this yeah. <laughs> vertical cliff. Yeah. <laughs> all the animals Watch die. your first step. It may be your last. <laughs> all the animals die getting off the ocean. Except for the birds. <laughs> yeah, except for the birds. That's right. That first step was a Lulu. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have any account of them coming down from the mountain? No. I don't think there's anything that's said about coming down from the mountain. I noticed that in um, this passage it talks about the water subsiding and being restrained and receding and everything's going down in contrast to what's in my Bible on the other column, the increasing water and the prevailing yes. thing. So you've got the what goes up step by step must come down the same way. Other thoughts? God closed him in, but it doesn't say anything about who opened the door when they uh, came out. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it says in uh, 13, Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked. So I was wondering what that was. What's the covering? I don't know. I don't know if that is the door. Or if it's something else. Questions, answers? Alright, well let's look at another chunk of this. 6 to 14. At the end of forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven. It went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot, and she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. 
Then he waited another seven days and sent forth a dove, and she did not return to him any more. In the six hundred and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the twenty-seventh day of the month, the earth had dried out. So, at the end of forty days, Noah opens the window, sends out a raven that flies around until the water's dry. Then he sends out a dove, but the dove comes back to the ark, brings her back in. Then he waits seven days in verse 10, sends the dove again, and comes back with a freshly picked olive leaf. What does that tell Noah? The trees are visible. Yeah. The, The earth is restoring itself again. Noah knew that the water was abated from the earth. He waited seven more days, sent out the dove. The dove didn't come back. So obviously, you know, there's a place for the dove to just actually stay there. Um, Now, if you notice, we had in chapter 7, we had in verse 4, seven days. Verse 10, seven days. Verse 17, 40 days. And verse 24, 150 days. Now we have an 8-3, 150 days, then an 8-6, 40 days, an 8-10, 7 days, and an 8-12, 7 days. So you've got symmetry in terms of the time periods that are mentioned. 7-7, 7, 7, 40, 150, 150, 40, 7, 7. Can you give the verses for chapter 7 again? I can. 4, 10, 17, and 24. Thank you. And so Noah is realizing that the earth is dry. In fact, uh, in the first of the 601st year, the water dried up. Noah removed the covering, and the earth, he sees that the ground's dried up. Why doesn't he just get out of the ark? He's, I think he's listening for God. That's exactly right. He does not leave the ark until God tells him to, even though he knew the ground had dried up. It's not a matter of him deciding when he's getting out of the ark. It's a matter of he waits for God to tell him. You know, so far, Noah's been very good at following directions. You know, he does exactly what God tells him. He waits another month and 27 days. That's right. It appears that he couldn't see out. <laughs> That's way it's, it almost the way it sounds. Yeah, although, what about in the end of verse 13 where he removed the covering and looked and behold the surface of the ground was dried up. Right, so before that he couldn't see. Yeah, yes. Even though it mentions the mountains were visible but maybe not to Noah. (laughs) Right. Yes, yeah, I think the mountains being visible just like, you know, they were. But he sent these birds out though. Right, and it says he put out his hand to to receive the one, but it doesn't say that he could see out the window. Right. I don't know. I thought that was interesting, but... What what if the window's on the top of the ark? It was one cubit from the top. Or one cubit, okay. But I still could see... I don't know. Depends on how how it was. Maybe maybe the way the ark was laying, all he could see is the side of the mountain. (laughs) 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 That's another thing. What if they got ready to get out and the door was blocked by a big old boulder? (laughs) All the things that could have been. That's right. 
It's a good thing uh, somebody was in control there. Yes, it definitely is. I think it's interesting. You have a, a freshly picked olive leaf. And so, if you've got all this water, wouldn't the, I mean, the trees, if, it, if it's a normal flood, the trees would get caked with mud, the, the leaves could be stripped off by all the water gushing around and everything, and yet here we have a, a fresh olive leaf that, you know, is apparently, you know, good to go. Mm -hmm. And olive trees are slow growth, so... Got that weird thing happening there, too. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you would have killed all the trees. I would These would have so. been from seed up. Right, that's what I would assume. But now they're on the ark, according to the start date of the time period of Noah there in uh, 711 until 8 and uh, 14, the year and 10 days. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, does the math that you refer to equal that? Um, no, I don't know about that. Some of those dates, though, may be overlapping anyway. Uh -huh. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. I would have 408, 408 days. Yeah. So, that'd be a little... indicate some overlapping somewhere. And actually, those first two seven-day periods probably were before the flood started. Also. Anything else? All right, 15 to 19. Then the Lord spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may breed abundantly on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him, every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out by their families from the ark. What do you see in that right there? Recreation. <laughs> yes, you do see that. That's a good point. We're kind of starting over again like we started to begin with. But I'm thinking, what do you see? Look at 16 and 17, and then look at 18 and 19. What do you see? Everything's doing what God said. Yeah. You know, this is almost word for word. Noah does what God told him to do. Noah, God says, go out of the ark. So Noah went out. You and your wife and your sons and your son's wife with you, and his sons and his wife and his son's wife with him. You know, bring out with you every living thing of all flesh and birds and animals and so forth. Every beast, every creeping thing, every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by the families from the ark. So it's like Noah is very carefully still obeying what God says, and the parallelism of those just really accentuates the fact, detail by detail, Noah does what God tells him to. Noah is living by God's will. He's walking with God. 
obedient creation. Yes, it is. We're back to sort of the Garden of Eden, at least in terms that everything is pure and righteous on the earth. The curse has not been taken away, of course. Anything else in that section? Going back to the trees and plants and things, it doesn't say they were all destroyed. It was all flesh. Right. So the trees and things could have been. Okay. Could have been. Normally, that much water, I think, would have killed. Yeah, that's why I was. Yeah, a normal. But I don't. I don't think there's something in the text that says they died. Either way, they got replanted and refurbished. All right, 20 to 22. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Noah builds an altar and takes every clean animal and bird and offers burnt offerings on the altar. So he is immediately expressing his thanks and he's worshiping God. That's encouraging. God smells the aroma. And God promises not to again curse the ground on account of man. Even though the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. Now you go back and you look at chapter 6 and verse 5. That every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. God is not going to punish the earth again even though nothing's changed. They're going to be just as wicked as what they were before, but this time... Even though God has justifiable motivation to destroy the earth again, he is promising he will not exercise that. I think that's really remarkable. You would expect it to say, for man straightened up, and it wasn't as bad anymore. So God's not going to destroy them. But God's not going to destroy them even though they're provoking him just as much as they, they were. And the, 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 the nature, as we call it, is going to be predictable. Everything's going to be, you know, um, governed by, by God's, uh, you know, pattern in, in nature. Comments and questions on chapter 8. All right, very good. Well, I appreciate your... Uh, Studying through this, this is a little different section, certainly, than what we've had so far in uh, Genesis, uh, but, but good for us to, uh, to think about. And uh, Lord willing, two weeks from now, we'll work on chapters 9 and you know, who knows, 10. Uh, so I'll be here two weeks from now, and then in December, I think, whatever the first Thursday is after Thanksgiving, which would have to be in December. So, so not next week. Not next week. Two weeks from today, and then starting in December. We won't be here the first Thursday. They won't be here the first Thursday after Thanksgiving. It'll be so, like the it will be December 9th, 10th? 9th. 9th. So, two weeks from now, and then December 9th. Sorry about that, guys.
You could just stay here. I could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Where are you going? Brazil. Next week I'm going to be in Alabama. I'm going to Brazil for a while. Essentially the end of October.